Under Pressure Divecast, Episode 4. In this episode, I'm going to talk about the practice of carrying a dive knife, or a diver's tool if you prefer. In the tip of the week, I'll offer some considerations when wearing a dive knife. Finally, in the Gear Junkies garage, I'll give you a sneak peek at a new piece of gear from Aquary, a Swedish company. The Aquary Smart Console is coming soon, and this is what we know so far. Hi, and welcome to the Under Pressure Divecast. My name is Stephen Krause, or as my dive buddies call me, Scuba Steve. Scuba diving is a fun and exciting adventure sport that can be enjoyed by an individual or by the entire family. Not just some other individual, not just some other family. You can be a diver. You can be a family of divers. The Under Pressure Divecast is a free podcast dedicated to promoting and discussing recreational scuba diving and is a companion to the Under Pressure Dive blog. This divecast is not just a resource for scuba divers. It provides scuba content for anyone who is interested in scuba diving or in the underwater world. Each week, we'll be talking about a topic related to recreational scuba diving. It might be anything from new gear, to diving adventures, to diving etiquette, to common scuba questions, conservation, interviews, or anything else related to the sport of scuba diving. So come diving with me. Back in March, I posted a link to an article I wrote about dive knives. The article was entitled, Do You Dive With a Knife? Why or Why Not? At the time, I didn't think much about it. I had written the post uh, as a almost as a filler, where I didn't really think people would be interested in the topic. It seemed uh, like it was kind of a no-brainer. And it turned out this has been uh, a consistently talked about post on the LinkedIn board that I posted it on uh, ever since I added the link to that article. And so I I thought I'd talk a little bit about it today and give you guys some, some heads up on what people commented on and uh, some of my thoughts that came out of it as well. So uh, a few comments um, that came out of it. it one one uh, individual named Darnell pointed out that it's better to have one and not need it than need it and not have it. Um, and uh, an instructor named Janet uh, quipped that uh, it was mainly for lines and such or for unruly students. And tongue and cheek aside, there were 100, over 120 comments about the article, and there were only two people who said that they didn't use a knife when they dove or some kind of cutting tool. And so I think there was a, one of the things that struck me was there was a very uh, distinct difference. I shouldn't say difference. There were, there were basically two camps of people. There were people who use the old school dive knife uh, you know, the, the Mike Nelson style. And then there were the people who used a line cutter of some kind, whether it was shears, a Ziegel cutter, or a trilobite. Uh, all of those were, were popular in the, in, the, uh, in the responses. So after going through 120 comments and finding only two people who said they didn't dive with a knife, 
it's, I think it's pretty clear that diving with a knife is probably the norm and for good reason. I think there are a lot of good reasons to carry a knife when you dive or a cutting tool of some kind. And uh, I think Darnell pointed out the, that it's better to have it and not need it than need it and not have it. And I think that's very true. So why carry a dive knife? After distilling down the comments on my post, I found that there were about five general reasons that were quoted. Self-defense, holding yourself on the reef in high current, cutting fishing lines or netting, rescuing wildlife, and signaling your buddy. So I'd like to talk about each one of these in turn and hopefully open it up to getting some additional comments and even stories from people about how they've used a knife in, in their scuba diving adventures. So the first one is this myth of self-defense. Uh, there are uh, very few times when, when underwater that you're going to need any kind of self-defense instrument. Um, the, the marine environment has much more to fear from us than we do from it. And so the idea that you can fend off a ferocious creature with your dive knife is uh, popular science fiction, but not practical. And so I think we should not dive with the notion that we're going to need a knife to defend ourselves for a couple of reasons. First of all, uh, most of the creatures in the ocean are not out to get us, nor are they going to harm us if they're left undisturbed. Uh, second of all, uh, I think it leaves non-divers and would-be divers with a mistaken impression about the safety of our sport and their safety underwater. So I think it's important that we that we make sure that people understand that the underwater world is very safe. And then, of course, there's the old saying that why do we carry a dive knife? So if we see a shark, we can stab our buddy and swim away. Um, that doesn't speak too highly of us as divers, and uh, hopefully everybody knows that that's tongue-in-cheek, but uh, also not a very useful reason to have a dive knife. So I hope that puts to bed and to rest the idea of carrying a dive knife for the purpose of self-defense. Um, the next idea was to hold yourself in place in, in, on the reef in high current. Um, obviously, if you've been diving very often, there will have been times when you experienced a high current situation. And uh, if you're trying to see something or you're trying to take a picture, absolutely, if you're a, a photographer or videographer, trying to take a picture of something in a current, there is a temptation to anchor yourself somehow on the reef. I think it's important, however, that we uh, avoid this temptation uh, unless it's an emergency. The only time I think we should be anchoring ourselves on the reef is if uh, there's a safety issue for uh, either yourself or your buddy, and you have to do it in order to prevent a dive accident. Otherwise, the reef doesn't need us anchoring ourselves on it. The most practical reason that people carry a dive knife or a cutter is, in fact, for cutting fishing line or netting when they find either themselves or their buddy caught in, in open water under these conditions. And this is, this is the only time I've ever used a cutter underwater and that was, in fact, to cut a trout line off of a diver in a lake uh, in a, actually a local reservoir here in Colorado 
and uh, someone had cast a lure into the water and actually caught my buddy's wetsuit. Um, so rather than surface, we just cut the line and, uh, and moved on with our dive. So the only other time I've used my dive knife was actually to signal my buddy, which is the last reason, uh, second to the last reason, that came up on the post uh, that I made in the article link uh, at LinkedIn. And there are lots of ways to signal our buddy. So obviously a dive knife is not the, it doesn't need to be the first line of, of uh, or the first tool we choose when signaling a buddy, but it is useful for that. So you can bang your tank with the back of your dive knife to get, uh, to get your buddy's attention. The last reason that came up was the, the rescue of wildlife. And this has been in the news a bit lately as there have been a few uh, videos on YouTube uh, and other places and stories in the news about divers who rescue wildlife, uh, cutting uh, netting uh, or, or monofilament line, etc., off of animals uh, in distress. And of course, that is, that's great. We always want to see um, animals being taken care of. And anytime we can be a positive influence on the environment, uh, we want to do that. I think it's very important, however, to point out that uh, every time a diver tries to rescue an animal, whether it's a whale or a dolphin or a manta ray, uh, these are still wild animals. And uh, it's, it's not necessarily a given that it's a safe or good idea for the diver. Even an animal like a manta ray, which is not going to bite a diver, it might not be safe for a diver to, uh, to try and rescue it. If you get tangled up with a ray uh, of any size, that ray could go up or down faster than is safe for a scuba diver. And so you could sustain injury even without uh, being bitten or stung. So while helping wildlife is to be commended, and certainly helping wildlife that has been injured by, uh, by something man-made is certainly something that we want to do, I think it's very important that divers make sure that their own safety is considered before they, they start interfering with, with an animal. So while I'm completely in support of helping wildlife where we can, I want to make sure that all of you divers take care of yourselves so you don't become injured trying to help an injured animal. So that was a short main, main topic for this episode, but I think it's worth uh, talking about a little bit. And before I wrap that up, I guess I do want to talk about what I carry. So I, when, I first, when I first got my setup for diving uh, back in 2001, I bought pretty much everything you could get, including a huge ankle knife, which will be uh, on the photo for this episode. Um, I haven't worn it in probably 10 years now uh, in favor of a smaller knife or now in favor of a line cutter. And actually the next thing on my list will be to replace my line cutter, uh, the Zeagle that you'll see in the pictures, with uh, a trilobite or a similar product. Um, and the reason for that is that the, that the Zeagle line cutter that you'll see in these photos or in the photo or the video for this episode, that is still big enough. It has a wide enough mouth that you can fit a hose into it. So if you end up 
uh, trying to cut a line and you get your hose caught in it, you could actually cut your own hose or your buddy's hose or something like that. The advantage of some of the newer cutters like the Trilobite, uh, I think it's uh, the Trilobite Easy Cut, um, those do not have a wide enough opening to cut a, uh, a standard sized regulator hose. So I think there's a, an advantage there, just kind of, of uh, protection from a careless mistake. And so that's my next, my next purchase for, for a cutting device will be one of those. Um, having said that, I've, dived, I've, I've been diving with that Zegel cutter, the orange one, for a very long time. Uh, and it has always done uh, a very good job and it's small and stays out of the way. So very happy with that. Uh, certainly recommend it. It's done a, a real good job for me. It's time for the tip of the week. And in this tip of the week, we're going to talk a little bit about where to place a knife when you're diving. So there's a couple of standard places. There's the venerable ankle holster for some of the larger knives. There's uh, hip placement. There's BC pocket. There's shoulder strap. And we'll talk about each of these. So when I started diving, I dove with my dive knife on my ankle. And I did that for for quite a few years until I got a smaller knife, which I basically just put in my BC pocket. And then finally, finally changed to the one on my shoulder. The ankle holster version, obviously being the most visible uh, for, for all you gear junkies out there, um, it also happens to be one of the most difficult places I've found to get a hold of the knife if you actually need it. Um, so that that's one reason I don't like to keep mine on, on my ankle. The second thing that I've noticed is uh, that, now I've never had this happen, but in reading and doing research, a lot of divers talk about you, that, that that ankle holster can actually be a snag hazard. So there's another reason not to keep it there. Um, I haven't seen a whole lot of divers using uh, their hip as a place to keep knives. Occasionally you see one, obviously those of you who watch Sea Hunt, you'll see the Mike Nelson dive sword attached to his hip on occasion. Um, but uh, again, I haven't seen that as a, a real common place. Uh, the BC pocket, or there's actually some now that permanently attach to the top of a BC pocket uh, by the weight pockets for those with removable weight pockets. Um, that's a, that's not a bad place in the BC pocket concerns me because if there's a reason that you need it and you can't get, uh, to the zipper, uh, you could have a problem. And, uh, so then the, that leaves the shoulder strap, which is actually where I keep mine, as you can see, uh, from, uh, from the post on dive knives that I wrote. And I look at it this way. Um, I try to keep my, all of my critical gear in uh, an area of my body that I could reach if my elbows were pinned to my hips. So uh, if you think about when you're generally when you're diving, you keep your hands folded, uh, you know, in front of you. Um, I kind of imagine that if I got stuck in that position for whatever reason, where would I go to get my gauges? Where would I go to find my dive knife? And so if you keep it on the shoulder strap there, if you imagine your elbows pinned to your sides, then you can say, okay, can I get to that or not? And that gives me what I consider uh, the most conservative placement for emergency equipment. 
And that's why I keep it there. And it wor it's worked real well for me. Well, that's it for the main topic and the tip of the week. Now it's time for the Gear Junkies Garage. And this week, we're going to look at the Aquary Smart Console, which is from a Swedish company called Aquary. And I pulled it up on my on my browser here, and I, I just want to make sure I don't forget anything. But this is a new uh, console that attaches to your high-pressure air hose and monitors your air and uh, up to 70, 70 dive buddies. So it, this is a very interesting uh, instrument. You can find it at aquary.com, which is A-Q-W-A-R-Y.com, and I'll put that link in the show notes as well. But it gives you a lot of data about your dive buddies. Not only does it give you their um, air supply, it also gives you their depth and their direction from you, uh, which is it's very interesting. They use an ultrasonic communications technology. And um, what they don't advertise on their website very well, and, and this is not for sale yet. I should say that, that it is a preliminary website. If you click the Buy Now button, it takes you to a page where you can sign up to, to buy one in the future. Um, it quotes a, a cost of 599 euros. For those of us on the west side of the Atlantic Ocean, that's about $800. Um, don't know if that's going to be the street price when it gets here. Uh, there's no information about that. I did contact the company regarding uh, additional information, and they sent a link to an article that was written uh, a while back, and I'll add that link also to the show notes. Um, but it doesn't provide a whole lot of more information than what is on their website. And, and there's precious little, unfortunately, at this time. Um, they've got an, a nice photo and a video that, that uh, they go through. But um, one of the things they don't advertise very well, and I'm, I'm not sure what it's ultimately going to look like, but they don't show uh, what kind of, of planning mode the computer has, whether it's, uh, uh, you know, and they don't even really talk about the dive computer itself. They talk about the features of communicating with your buddies, and uh, they also discuss being able to send a distress signal to your buddies or to a boat. Uh, so that's very interesting stuff. Uh, we'll have to see. We'll have to see how it how it comes out when it's actually when the final product is on the market. It'll be interesting to see what it looks like. As a diver, I honestly don't want to know seventy people's uh, air supply direction and or uh, depth. I think uh, monitoring that much information as a regular scuba diver, uh, I want to enjoy the reef and what's around me and not be concerned with uh, that many people's information. As an instructor, I have, um, I, or, you know, and, and potentially as a, as a dive guide, you might have a different feeling about that. You might say, okay, I've got people out here that get on my boat and, they haven't been diving in a few years and they're not paying attention to their gauges. And I can, I, I can understand that perspective. I'd much rather that those divers came in and got a scuba skills update before they went on their trip. Um, and obviously we'd much rather that people dive more frequently than that. Um, but uh, so on the one hand, I understand why a, a dive uh, leader or a tour operator 
might appreciate a product like this uh, and they might put it on their rental gear and have it uh, being able to communicate with the boat. Uh, if a diver gets in distress or if a diver doesn't come up, uh, you'll be able to tell what depth and what direction they are uh, at all times. And that's, you know, so that's pretty handy for a tour operator um, for divers that are infrequent, infrequently in the water. And I can understand that. On the other side, though, as an instructor, I worry that we're going to, we're, creating dependency by uh, having an instructor be able to monitor everybody's air pressures. And I, this isn't new technology. There are other products out there that allow one person to monitor air pressures from other people. And, uh, and I, I feel the same way about those products. I, I worry that we're allowing divers to become complacent. I don't have to check my air. My buddy's going to do it. I don't have to check my air. My instructor's going to do it. Uh, no, you need to check your own air all the time as a diver. That's your job, not your instructor's job, not your buddy's job. And I, I'm not sure that this kind of product doesn't give us a crutch that is actually going to be harmful to our sport. But we'll see. It'll be interesting, like I said, to see what the acceptance is and to see what the final, uh, the final product looks like. One thing that occurred to me, however, as, as a result of products like this is could we see a standard that allowed a diver or a dive computer manufacturer to implement a piece of this technology in their dive computers that allowed them to send a distress signal to a boat. And so now I'm not monitoring 70 people but I could, as a, as a boat operator, I could have a console in my, uh, on, on my boat that also spoke this standard. So if a diver was in distress, they push a button on their computer, it sends an ultrasonic signal saying, hey, I'm at 36 feet, I'm in trouble, and I'm in this direction from the boat. Um, that doesn't require a huge console necessarily, but does provide an extra safety margin that we don't have right now as divers. And in fact, this, this podcast comes on the heels of a diver who got separated from his group and ended up getting lost and died in the northeast uh, coast of the United States this last week. Um, so now the specifics of that case are not released yet, so we don't know exactly what happened. But it does give you the impression that being able to easily find a diver underwater um, if they have a problem or being able to say to the boat, I have a problem from underwater, um, that has possible safety implications that, that might have benefits to our sport um, at, at the same time, not necessarily monitoring the direction and air pressures for, uh, for that many divers. So it's interesting and I'm, I'm really looking forward to the public release of this product and we'll see where it goes. Thank you for listening today. I hope to see you on the reef. And between dives, I look forward to talking with you about scuba here and on the web. If you've enjoyed this podcast today, please visit the website at underpressuredivelog.com and consider leaving a review on iTunes. I'm Scuba Steve, and this has been the Under Pressure Divecast. The surface interval's over. Get out there and dive. <laughs>